to Chasing Dramas. This is the podcast that discusses Chinese history and culture through historical Chinese dramas. This is Karen. And this is Kathy. Today, we will discuss episode 18 of The Story of Minglan or Zhufo, Zhufo, Ying Shi Lu Fei Hong Shou. There is quite a lot to discuss here, and not so much on history, but actually on character analysis. This podcast is in English with proper nouns and certain Chinese phrases spoken in Mandarin Chinese. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter or else email us at Kathy at chasingdramas.com if you have any questions. For today's episode, we will do an episode recap, then discuss the history brought up during the episode, and then analyze our characters. We will close with book differences. In the last episode, we saw that Gu Tingye, our main male character, deciding to propose marriage to our main character's good friend, Yu Yanzhan. Let's pick up from there. Yu Yanran's father looks set to agree to the marriage. However, her grandfather is still adamantly opposed. Part of it is because of Gu Tingye's poor reputation, and the other is to prevent Yu Yanran's family from taking advantage of her. We've discussed Yu Yanran's family drama in episode 16, and we'll talk more about her at the end of the episode. The thing is... We hear that Yeran's father and new wife have spent all of Yeran's mother's dowry. Yu Yeran's grandfather thinks her father wants to marry off uh, Yeran because it will mean that they will have a large sum of money come into the family, a la Gu Tingye. This is particularly interesting because as we've discussed in the last episode, Husbands are not supposed to use their wife's dowry. But we now have another example of a seemingly well-to-do family squandering funds. Without much option, Yu Yeran hurries to Minglan's courtyard to tell her about Gu Tingye's intentions. Minglan pulls her aside to show her an embroidery left for her by her mother. It depicts Princess Ping Yangzhou, I'll dive into the story of this legendary woman later. Minglan then recounts the story of how Gu Tingye tried to save her mother when she was little. Perhaps Yu Yanran should give him a chance. Yu Yanran, however, points out that Gu Tingye's reputation is quite terrible. He is intimate with prostitutes and frequents brothels. How can she marry someone like him? She starts tearing up again about her own situation. Her mother died, and now her father doesn't really care much about her. She laments and says maybe she'll just marry to get it over with. Minglan tries to knock some sense into Yu Yeran. She says they were both raised by loving grandparents and shouldn't just throw away their happiness. Minglan here is trying to paint more of a fair picture of Gu Tingye for Yu Yanran, which I think is actually quite interesting. The Yu family takes Minglan along to pray at a temple. The uh, madam of the household, who is Yu Yanran's grandmother, requests from a nearby Taoist monk to have Yanran's fortune told. 
There's a whole lot of jargon that the Taoist monk spews out, which eh, we won't take too much time to translate because there's only one important line he says in plain Chinese. The Taoist monk foretells Yinan's marriage won't actually be for a while. Why is that? Gu Tingye somehow caught wind that the Yu family will be at this temple and finds Yinan's grandfather outside. He requests a private conversation. When speaking with uh, Yu Yan's grandfather, he actually behaves in a very humble manner and is quite respectful. He even openly repents for his previous actions. Hu Tingye promises that he will be a changed man. He states that he didn't do well in the most recent imperial exams and can only use money as a way to show his intentions. But Yan's grandfather is surprised and begins to waver in his uh, convictions against Gu Tingye of marrying his daughter, or granddaughter, excuse me. Why is this? The grandfather is impressed that even though Gu Tingye is the son of a marquis and their family are Wu Guan, which means they're more military officials rather than the uh, highly praised scholar officials, Gu Tingye still wants to study for the imperial exams. In the drama, it's stated that Gu Tingye didn't make it to the final round with the emperor, but he did make it to the metropolitan exams, which is quite impressive. This impresses the grandfather so much so because it means that this guy, Gu Tingye, is hardworking and intelligent. He is not just your average nobleman enjoying his wealth and status, but cares about academics and is trying to move up in the world by studying and taking the exams. Just as it looks like Gu Tingye's words did the trick, someone charges in to scramble all of his hopes. Who is it? Why, none other than Gu Tingye's own mistress and mother to his two children, Man Yang. Next, we see Man Yang outside of the Yu family manor's main door, causing quite a commotion. She loudly says, that she wants to meet Miss Yu to let her into the family and accept her tea. Minglan just so happens to see this from her carriage and quickly enters the Yu family manor via the side door. She hurries to find her friend to figure out what is happening. The rest of the family is out, so it's just up to Yu Yanran and her grandmother. Unfortunately, Yu Yanran and her grandmother have absolutely no idea how to handle this Manyang character. Yu Yanran's grandmother is so angry that she has now fallen ill, and Yu Yanran can only weep. They already tried dismissing Manyang, but she refuses to leave. Minglan recommends bringing this woman into the manor for questioning. Outside, when Manyang hears this, she instead doesn't want to go in. She says, who knows if I'll come out alive? Well, the maids finally drag her into the household, even though she's kicking and screaming, causing a commotion for many onlookers to see. In front of Yu Yanzhen, Man Yang continues to beg her to give her, Man Yang, a way to survive. All of us watching this drama know that this is someone with no sense of humility. She's acting, this is uh, Man Yang I'm talking about. 
She's acting incredibly entitled and is essentially bullying Yu Yanzhen into accepting her. Well, Ming Lan can't see her best friend be uh, conned and bullied by someone like this. So our superwoman, Ming Lan, steps in to speak. And yes, I absolutely love these scenes because we get to see Ming Lan totally kill it. She is calm, but no nonsense whatsoever. She has this, you know, level of gravitas that we rarely see from Ming Lan, but she totally like just owns it and is able to command the room. The moment Man Yang sees Ming Lan, she puts up a show of obedience. And here, they don't explicitly say it in the drama, but Ming Lan is pretending to be a sister of Yu Yan Yan. Man Yang calmly states her name and is expressing that she is an ill-fated person. Ming Lan, though, is like, nope, nah, don't give me that BS, and immediately expresses that Man Yang is not ill-fated at all. Very few women would dare to make such a scene outside of such a respected household. Immediately after this rebuttal from Ming Lan, Man Yang recognizes that she's met a tough opponent and changes tact immediately. She says that, you know, she was scared. But our girl Ming Lan cuts her off again. Scared? You're not scared. You came here without stating your name or background and is forcing Yan Zhan to drink your tea. And this tea is called Tie Shi Cha, which uh, is where um, a concubine uh, presents tea to the wife of the household. If Yan Zhan were to accept that tea and its custom, uh, a customary tradition, so if Yan Zhan were to accept this tea, it means that she accepts Man Yang uh, into the family and as a member of the uh, Hu household. But for Ming Lan, she says that, you know, this is not how things are usually done. How can you push my sister into accepting your tea without stating your name or background? Therefore, there's no way that you, uh, Man Yang, is actually scared. At this point, I'm loving it, and Man Yang is properly called out. So she has no option but to be respectful to Ming Lan's questioning. They find out that Man Yang used to be a singer in an opera troupe. She says it's only a few days, but we've discussed this before on our show. In China, back in the day, being a singer was severely looked down upon. There were many unsavory attributes as to uh, what it means to be a woman who was a singer. Well, after this discussion, Ming Lan and company find out why Man Yang is really here. It's because the Gu family have already decided to not accept her. Therefore, Man Yang decided to come here and ask Yu Yanran instead. If Yu Yanran agrees to accept Man Yang, then the Gu family really also doesn't have an option, especially if the marriage continues. Upon this revelation, our girl Milan completely cuts off Manyang, telling her to shut up. I'm also loving it, and here's where I sometimes struggle with translating Chinese to English, because there are a ton of terms to express Milan in this scene that comes to mind, but is more challenging in English. I guess all I can say is that Milan totally skewered Manyang in this conversation. 
Minglan rejects every attempt by Manyang to be accepted by Yu Yanran. It gets to a point where Manyang has no other option but to say she'll kill herself here unless they agree to allow her into the family. And I gotta give it to the actress for Manyang. She plays the part so well. Us as the viewers are like, we just want to punch her and get her out of here. She's so annoying. She is, uh, to use current U.S. terms, she is such a Karen, very entitled. Ming Lan, though, again, does not have any of it. Yu Yan is over there worried that Man Yang will actually harm herself, but Ming Lan knows it's just a tactic. In front of Man Yang, she sternly states that every woman can see through your schemes. Man Yang clearly has two faces, one for the men and another for everyone else. The Yu family will not fall for these schemes. And after telling Man Yang to shut up one more time or more like silence, Minglan gives Man Yang two options. Leave herself or else be tied up and tossed out. Seeing that Man Yang has really no other option, this woman actually like deflates. Minglan soundly wins this round. And can we give her a round of applause? Yes, I think we should. And listeners, how many of you are satisfied with seeing how powerful Minglan was in this scene? She totally owns Manyang and is for once such a powerful presence. She does not take any shit, excuse my language, from Manyang at, at all. And I'm seriously like, yes, girl. We have a happy resolution here as it turns out that Yu Yanran was previously betrothed already, but the boy was in mourning after the death of his mother. Now the mourning period is over, so Yanran will marry um, this man in another city instead of staying in the capital. And thus, Wu Tingye's proposal falls flat. After this whole debacle, at night, Minglan and her grandmother discuss what happened. Grandma Sheng is primarily worried that this showdown will negatively impact Minglan, but Minglan explains that under these circumstances, no one will expose the fact that Minglan was there. The Yu family will keep this confrontation hidden. But she wanted to stand up for her friend to save her from a lifetime of unhappiness. And we really can't fault her for that. We can only fault society for having such restrictions on women that even sticking up for your friend has to be secretive. Soon after, Minlan sends her friend Yu Yanran off. She is to be married to a family far away in the southeastern part of China. We won't see Yu Yanran much more in this drama. Minglan is saddened to see her close friend leave, but it is for the best. Again, come on, why does this suck? A woman who absolutely did nothing is punished to marry some random dude because another man's mistress decided to cause a scene. And this segues right into the second highlight of this episode. Milan is out eating dessert, and who comes barging into her table? None other than Gu Tingye, the man who caused all this trouble. He doesn't even say hello before 
sitting down in a very macho manner. And I was like, excuse you, before heatedly questioning Minglan as to why she foiled his proposal. Minglan does not back down either, and good for her. She details all of the things Manyang did to cause such a havoc, and even pointed out that if it wasn't because of Manyang, this marriage would have actually happened. Grandfather Yu was ready to consent to the marriage, but Manyang just had to come and make a scene. The moment Manyang showed up, Minglan knew why Gu Tingye wanted to marry Yu Yanran, and Minglan could not have her best friend be subject to this terrible situation. Another moment, please, to applaud Minglan, shall we? She saw right through Manyang's schemes and also Gu Tingye's uh, whole plan. It is because of her words that Gu Tingye finally pauses to think. He's never seen Manyang behave this way because in his eyes, she's super weak, can't do anything herself, and she it needs to be taken care of. Minglan, though, bluntly states that Manyang is certainly not weak. She tries to offer a warning, which at this point, he is not fully willing to accept. So he retaliates by stating that, you know, you're talking to me about my relationship, but I know that the young duke, Chi Hong, has his eyes on you. This causes Minglan to kind of freak out, and the two of them have a hilarious shouting match as he leaves the dessert spot. They start bickering, and he makes the joke that maybe he shouldn't have proposed to Yin Ren. He should have proposed to her instead. It means it as a way that, you know, he'll harm her instead of Yin Ren. It's quite funny because she's yelling at him saying that she would never marry someone like him all the while trying to hide from view. It's because it's not proper for her to yell like this and to the son of a marquee no less, but she does it. Again, I personally love the scene and there are behind the scenes clips of this conversation when they were filming this, uh, this scene. The last few lines were actually filmed in more or less one take and it's super fun. There's such natural chemistry between Feng Shaofeng and Zhao Liying. It doesn't feel like they're acting, and it feels like this could have been a natural conversation between these two people. The reason why uh, you can see is actually there are a couple of lines of dialogue, especially from uh, by the actress for Minglan, where she slips up a few times. They're very minor, but the director decided to keep this in which I think is really interesting because it makes the uh, atmosphere more natural. And also another reason why I really like this drama. It feels real, more real than a lot of other dramas. Now, Kathy has a lot to say about Gu Tingye later on, but I do want to point out that in this scene, it's evident that Minglan does not feel the need to hide when she's in front of Gu Tingye. She is quite resolute she is stern, she is direct, and you could say even quite rude to him. She would never behave like this in front of the young Duke Chi Hong. To me, this already hints at who would provide her with a more comfortable environment. And listeners, this is <laughs> relationship advice from a story of Mingline. You should never feel like you have to hide in front of your partner. And right now, 
I think it's great that Minglan is not hiding. She tells Hu Tingye bluntly her thoughts and, you know, the advice about Manyang. She would never say these things again to Qi Hong. Yes, I will have a lot to say about Gu Tingye later in the episode. Well, unfortunately, Manyang also does not give up. We'll see what happens in the next episode as she hears that the Yu family will now try to marry over the third daughter instead of the eldest. Now, with Gu Tingye's marriage drama out of the way, we'll briefly turn to the other series of events that uh, happened in this episode. Throughout the last couple of episodes, we saw that Ming Lan has no control over her maids gifted from Wang Danyangzi and Ling Xiangyang, so there's a little bit of difficulty when she's trying to manage the household. In this episode, we see Ming Lan purposefully ask her second brother, Chang Bai, to bring her something, but then leaves him outside for a long time with a maid waiting on him. If you couldn't tell, she was using the maid and waiting until the maid does something out of decorum uh, towards Chang Bai in order for him to become frustrated. This maid is clearly trying to, uh, let's say, get into Chang Bai's bed by being overly touchy, but he is quite the, uh, the proper man, a uh, proper gentleman, and rebuffs her advances and is actually quite embarrassed. The moment he becomes frustrated, Minglan turns up after letting him wait for quite some time. When Minglan does show up, Chang Pai actually reprimands her for not managing her maids well, but Minglan explains that those maids were given to her by their mother, so she can't really say anything. Chang Pai leaves in a huff, and from what we hear, doesn't really come back anymore because of the advances of this type of maid. What happened today travels to the ears of Wang Danyangzi, who is furious. They all think it's because Minglan is too weak, but um, we know that's not the case. It's actually all a plot to clean the house in the future. We will see what happens uh, with this plot thread uh, later on. And that is it for the episode recap. Let's get on to some historical analysis. When Yu Yiran comes to visit Minglan early in the episode, Minglan shows her an embroidery of Li Niangzi, Zhenshou Niangzi Guan, that her mother embroidered for her. Well, who is this Li Niangzi? She is truly a legendary figure. She is none other than Princess Ping Yangzhou, the third daughter of the first Tang Dynasty Emperor Li Yuan, and was born to his wife, Lady Thou. Her real name is not recorded in history. Some fictional stories gave her the name of Li Xiongning. In life, she was known as Princess Pingyang. However, in Chinese history, there are several Princess Pingyangs. So, to clarify the reference, people refer to her as Princess Pingyang Zhao. Zhao is her posthumous title. And we will refer to her here as Pingyang Zhao. It is actually unclear when she was born, but people placed her birth between the years 589 to 598 AD. She married Chai Shao, who came from a militaristic background, and the couple moved to Chang'an, the capital of the Sui dynasty. 
In 617 AD, Pingyang Zhao's father, Li Yuan, decided to take up arms and rebel against the Sui dynasty. He sent a secret missive to his daughter and son-in-law to rejoin him and prepare for battle. Fearing that they could get caught by spies if both of them left the city at the same time, Chai Shao consulted with his wife on next steps. Pingyang Zhao told him to head off solo, as she, as a woman, will be able to hide more easily. Pingyang Zhao hid at one of her family's farms. And what she did next was quite ingenious. She distributed her wealth to several hundred starving people, earning their loyalty, and she built up an army for her father. She sent her servant Ma Sanbao to persuade local rebels, such as He Penren, to join her. Her army quickly grew and successfully captured several cities, with her as the leader of the army. Pingyang Zhao's army maintained order wherever they went. She forbade pillaging and ransacking of towns. As such, many people from all over the country joined her army to a point that her army was over 70,000 strong. When her father's army crossed the Yellow River, Princess Pingyang Zhao brought with her 10,000 men to rendezvous with her husband and brother Li Shiming. Her wing of the army became known as Niangzijun, or the Army of the Lady. Chang'an fell shortly after, and Li Yuan ascended the throne and proclaimed himself emperor. It was during this time that Princess Pingyang Zhao received the title of Pingyang. After the successful capture of Chang'an, the empire was still in unrest. Princess Pingyang Zhao was sent to guard Wei Zeguan or Wei Ze Pass, a crucial passage of the Shanxi province. She was stationed at the garrison there for several years. The name of the pass was changed to Niangziguan, or Ladies Pass, in her honor. Now, there were no other records of her military achievements after this time. She died in 623 AD, but it is unclear how she died. There are rumors that she died in battle, or she died of old injuries. By the time she died, at most she would probably have been around 30. So her military achievements were truly, truly jaw-dropping for a woman of her age. She was granted a grand military funeral by her father, the emperor. When the Minister of Rights heard this, at first, he opposed this decision, stating that a woman's funeral could not have a band of all things. A band. The emperor, to his credit, dismissed this objection, stating that his daughter, uh, excuse you, fought on the battlefield and was instrumental to the founding of his empire. She was not a normal woman and deserves a full military funeral. Thank you very much. And she was granted a full military funeral and throughout history or throughout Chinese history was the only woman to be granted a full military funeral. This is the definition of a legendary woman. Uh, over the years, she has been depicted in several dramas. The one I remember the most is as Li Xiaoning from the TVB show Twin of Brothers. I was absolutely obsessed with that drama when I was young. 
It is also quite interesting that Minglan's mother would gift Minglan a painting uh, showing this story because it is a constant reminder, as Minglan states in the drama, that a woman could uh, become so powerful that she does not need to rely on her siblings, um, her brothers, her father, or her husband and sons. This is a great role model for women um, throughout China, and I would say, you know, for the rest of us as well. Okay, what about some of the characters that we saw in this episode as well? Let's start off with Yu Yanren. We'll do some character analysis um, for her, Man Yang, and also Gu Tingye. Yanren, I would say, is your typical protected little flower. She grew up under the protection of her loving grandparents and is rather gentle and naive. She has no idea how to deal with the likes of Manyang because I, it seems like there were no uh, mistresses to really bother her because she had the protection of her grandparents. Even though her parents, uh, her father and her stepmother didn't treat her too well, she did not have to uh, experience life as Minglan does. If Minglan was not there to help her when Manyang was coming in and forcing her to accept uh, Manyang as a uh, concubine, who knows what would have happened. Manyang's evil schemes probably would have worked. Yu Yan's reputation would have been ruined and she probably would have gone to a nunnery and become a nun. I guess it's good that she grew up in blissful ignorance, but at some point she had to face the harsh realities of the world. Minglan is roughly the same age, and while she grew up under the protection of her grandmother, she still had to live under the shadow of Wang Danyang and Lin Xiangyang all her life. She's learned to some extent the wiles and ways of women, especially from Lin Xiangyang. It is sad that women during this time period had to learn, you know, all of these tricks. What I'll say is that the woman who has the happiest marriage in the entire drama is actually Yu Yanren's grandmother. Her husband is very faithful and loyal to her. Yu Yanren's grandmother did not have to deal with mistresses and such, so she lived a full life of blissful ignorance from uh, this type of drama in your household. I guess that's the uh, storybook ending every woman wanted during this era. Now, let's chat about Man Yang. This is the first episode where we finally see Manyang's true colors coming out uh, to dis in display externally and being on the offensive. What do I mean? In previous episodes, we've seen her plot and scheme to enter the Gu household as a mistress, but she had some help from Gu Tingye's stepmother. In this episode, all of her actions and schemes were her own doing. She is what... In Chinese, it's called a lu cha biao, or a literal translation is a green tea biatch. So what is a green tea B word? It's essentially manyang, someone who looks innocent, but is incredibly manipulative and devious. It's a term that the Chinese created for a woman uh, and it's a rather new phrase. It's not something historical, but it's for a woman uh, who 
looks innocent and on the surface behaves rather innocently, but underneath has many layers of scheming and is trying to plot for her own gain and generally trying to uh, um, backstab someone or manipulate someone or um, cause harm to someone else. Normally the main character of a drama or a book. And so uh, <laughs> she is what is called a Lu Cha Biao um, or a green tea bitch. Manyang fits this term, but also, of course, Lin Xiangyang fits this term very nicely. And I think in previous years, um, older Chinese dramas uh, would have the main character always be bullied or schemed against by such a woman. Um, but in this episode, we saw that Minglan was having none of it. And nowadays, we I think Chinese um, dramas are more accepting or favor where the main character is able to see right through these schemes and put a stop to someone who is playing innocence um, in order to uh, manipulate uh, the situation. Well, enough about the green tea biatch, because now I am going to talk and skewer Gu Tingye. We're back to him again. And ugh, I am so angry with him this episode. His half-truths and blindness towards Manyang literally destroyed an innocent woman's happiness. What do I mean? Early in the episode, he corners Yu Yan's grandfather at the temple and pleads his case with him. Hu Tingye claims that he became taken with Yu Yanran at the polo match and felt a connection to her because they both lost their mother. He promises that he'll change from his old habits and keep only his mistress. He states that he didn't place in the imperial examinations and fears that he won't have prospects in the future. Okay, nothing he said here was a lie. I'll give him that. Yu Yan's grandfather is impressed at the fact that Gu Tingye made it to the Metropolitan Exams, and that is the main basis for changing his mind about Gu Tingye. However, Gu Tingye does not come clean and tell him that the emperor himself forbade him to place in the examinations until the age of 50. Gu Tingye purposefully hid that crucial piece of information in order to gain points from Yu Yanran's grandfather. That to me is a low blow. You knew this, nobody else really knows about this, and you'll just post on the fact that you already made it to the Metropolitan exams and hope that Yu Yanran's grandfather will allow for his granddaughter to marry him. I personally don't see it as that bad because even if he doesn't place in the future, he already made it to the Metropolitan Exams, which, again, as a son of a marquee, um, is already very impressive. So my view is that it's okay. <laughs> right? I think I just judge Gutiye more harshly. Also, such a sign of the times, when Gutiye confesses that he has a mistress, Yu Yiran's grandfather barely flinches. Yes, it was looked down upon that Gu Tingye had a mistress, but it wasn't a deal breaker. Gu Tingye's actions and words towards Minglan 
at the dessert spot are, in my mind, absolutely despicable. As an outside man, someone not of kin, he openly sits at Milan's table and starts reprimanding her for destroying his marriage prospects. This is already very dangerous for Milan. She has no chaperone. What would happen if people saw? I mean, if people really wanted to turn this into a bad story for her, they would say she was cavorting with a man and trying to get his attention. The son of Marquis, no less. This would destroy her reputation. When Gu Tingye storms out, stating, Oh, I get it. This is how everyone sees her and me. I personally rolled my eyes. Um, excuse you, yes. Man Yang did a terrible thing. Gu Tingye, you also allowed this to happen. You aren't self-reflecting and you're just mad at Minglan. What is this? Minglan never said she judged Man Yang due to her birth. She judged Man Yang due to her character. And quite frankly, she's right to judge your character too for allowing your mistress to go and dash a woman's reputation, an innocent woman's reputation. The piece to me that also enraged me a lot is that he's standing outside of the restaurant, deflecting his mistress's actions, and then blaming Minglan for keeping Ti Hong on a leash. Did he at any point care about her reputation in this situation? He's actually shouting at her in front of random people about Ti Hong. Who is Ti Hong? The only son of a duke. If anyone caught wind of this conversation, what would have happened to Minglan? What would have happened to the Sheng family? Minglan got punished in the last episode for just playing polo, and that was very by the book. Okay, for me, I get mad every single time I watch this scene. Again, uh, this is Karen. I'm going to say I'm not as critical of Gu Tingye. Like, I find their conversation actually quite refreshing and entertaining. Um, I do understand the, you know, Caddy's criticisms lobbed at him, and they make sense, but I think she is... For some reason, just definitely more critical of Guadinia than I am. I guess so. Listeners, you tell me what your thoughts are about uh, Guadinia and Manyang in this episode. And lastly, let's get to some book differences. In the book, Milan does indeed help Yu Yanran deal with the Manyang situation. However, Yu Yanran's family wasn't living in the capital at the time so it was easier to hide the story to the public. Man Yang showed up at the Yu family manor with her two children, and Gu Tingye didn't know about this. The rest of the scene is quite similar. In the book, when Gu Tingye accosts Minglan to question her about his marriage proposal to Yu Yanran, this is actually the first time the two meet. Gu Tingye corners her when she's by herself during a social gathering. See, that is more prudent. Wu Tingye doesn't just start yelling at Milan in front of randos. They're actually talking one-on-one. In the book, Milan simply tells Wu Tingye that a woman by the name of Man Yang, along with her two children, went to the Yu family manor. Yu Yanran's grandfather spat out blood, and news of the other marriage betrothal quickly leaked afterwards. When Gu Tingye heard this, in the book, he was actually shocked. Gu Tingye did not know that Man Yang went to the Yu family. This was the extent of their conversation. 
And Gu Tingye, after this, starts reflecting about his actions, about Man Yang's actions after hearing the news, and doesn't say much more to Ming Wan. I much prefer how they handled this in the book. To me, Gu Tingye still has his faults, but he behaved more in a gentlemanly manner. And that is it for today's podcast episode. I feel like Kathy really needs to take a breather because in my view, this episode should be highlighted for how strong and independent and just powerful Minglan is rather than thinking of the negatives of Gu Tingye. So think about Minglan and how amazing she is rather than how bad of a person Gu Tingye is in this drama. And uh, that should make your week feel better. Yes, girl power all the way. Milan, you go, girl. I am in full support of you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. If you have any questions or comments, as always, reach out to us. Um, let us know what your thoughts are. If you agree with our analysis, if you think Kathy is overboard, or if you think I should be more critical, let us know. We will catch you in the next episode.